Well, what do you know? The American Medical Association changes their tune on hydroxychloroquine to battle the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. California versus Florida. In the CCP virus statistics, the vaccine available, some members of government cutting the line. Unacceptable. And Pete Boot Edge Edge, who thinks he's going to be the Secretary of Transportation, says we must take all gas-powered cars off the road. I'll give you my take. Bold Alpha is presented by Davidoff of Geneva, introducing the new Camacho Nicaragua, forged in fire harnessing the wild flavors of Nicaragua. Camacho, live loud, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Trenta, commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence. The Gurkha Trenta is everything you'd expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction. Exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. GurkhaCigars.com. <music> Greetings and salutations from Command Center Alpha. It is your global five star general and Alpha Male in Chief, Alpha Dave. And I welcome you to Bold Alpha, your destination for alpha male lifestyle conversation and commentary. For the last six months, I've been espousing the benefits of hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin in battling the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. Now, I don't prescribe medical advice. I don't prescribe right or wrong in terms of what does or doesn't work, I'm simply reporting evidence that frontline physicians, clinical situations, like Dr. Phony Fauci, he hasn't seen a live patient since medical school 45 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever it was. I'm talking about physicians that I know that are on the front lines battling the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, treatments that they have been given, that physicians around the world have been prescribing, as well as Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, who early on created the Zelenko protocol back in April, saying he has had tremendous success in keeping people out of the hospital with the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. And let me give you an interesting example. I have a friend in New York she calls me and says, I was just diagnosed with the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. Well, she said COVID-19, and I immediately corrected her and said, no, it's not COVID-19. That's a politically correct, created name. The real name is the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. They created it. They unleashed it. That's where it was unleashed from. We call it by its correct name. And as an alpha, I never want to hear you say COVID-19. It's the Chinese Communist or CCP Wuhan virus or the China virus. So I said, okay, how do you feel? Well, you know, I'm getting a little achy and tired and getting a sore throat. I said, what did your, what did your doctor prescribe? And she has one of those concierge physicians. You know, you pay a, a, an amount per year. And basically, you get 24-hour access. They, he limits the number of patients that he takes. So you get in, you don't wait two weeks, three weeks, you get in pronto. You call, you get a call back. So her physician calls her back, her concierge physician, only in New York, right? Although we're seeing him more and more throughout the country. It's actually not a bad concept. 
And she says, look, you know, I'm starting to get worse. I'm getting a headache. I've, I've, I'm getting a little warm. I got a sore throat. I'm achy. I'm tired. I'm run down. What can you give me? And he prescribes some um, steroid for inflammation. And I said, okay, what else did he prescribe? Well, that was it. And he said, well, actually, no, wait a minute. Didn't prescribe anything. He said, no, if you get worse, call me. And I said, wait a minute. He didn't prescribe anything? No. Gets worse a couple of days later. Calls him back and said, okay, I'm getting worse. Prescribes a steroid. Doesn't really help. I talked to her and I said, listen, you need to tell your physician that you want hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin. Not a Z-Pack. You can do a Z-Pack, but it's regular azithromycin. A five-day regimen of all three of those. She calls him back and he says, well, I cannot prescribe hydroxychloroquine in the state for the virus because Governor Cuomo and the health commissioner will not allow us to. It's very tightly controlled. So I said, listen, you've got relatives in other states. Call them. See if you can get them to somehow get it for you. She does. She gets the prescription. She tells the physician, well, if you can't prescribe that, I still want azithromycin and zinc I can get over the counter, which she did. He prescribed azithromycin, she gets the hydroxychloroquine, and what do you know? Takes it within a day, starts feeling better. I hesitate to think what would have happened, how worse it would have gotten if she didn't go on that Zelenko protocol. And we heard all these physicians after President Trump back in April saying, look, we should take we should investigate, seeing if hydroxychloroquine worked. And phony Fauci, there's no anecdotal evidence. We need a triple, quadruple, uh, quintuple blind test. He was full of shit, as we all know now. Well, what do you know? The election is over. The American Medical Association, which said we see no benefit of prescribing hydroxychloroquine, has magically changed their tune. They're now saying... Doctors may prescribe it if they deem it to be appropriate. Now, hydroxychloroquine in and of itself is not enough. And I urge you, do your own research. I'm not here to tell you what to take. I'm simply saying I'm presenting evidence. You make your own decision. You talk to your doctor. I can tell you that my physician, in consultation with him, I've got at my travel bag with me 24-7, and my briefcase, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, azithromycin. And then preventatively, I'm taking quercetin, which is like hydroxychloroquine, zinc combination. You can get that on Amazon or go to your health food store. I think I take 25, 30 milligrams of the zinc a day. I'm taking 5,000 IU of vitamin C and I think 1,000 IU of vitamin D3. So far, so good. Seems to be preventatively, seems to be a good regimen. Now, as I said, it's amazing that all of a sudden now the American Medical Association says, hey, look, in consultation with your physician, go ahead, talk to them. But yet when President Trump said that in April, everybody ridiculed him. Just like when President Trump said right around the debates, when he was asked by Christine Wallace, Mr. President, you say that we're going to have a vaccine by Election Day maybe the end of the year, but yet all the health professionals, including Dr. Fauci, the foremost authority 
on infectious disease said that that is simply not the case. It won't be until summer, if that. And President Trump looked at Christine Wallace and said, well, I disagree with, with uh, Dr. Fauci. He may be right on many things, but in this I disagree with him. I believe we will have it around election day, maybe before, maybe a little bit after, but I believe certainly by the end of the year. And every reporter, every member of the libstream media ridiculed President Trump and went after him and said, he's blatantly lying, don't believe him, it's, not, it's, it's, it's a pipe dream. Well, lo and behold, exactly seven days after the election, Announcement made by one of the pharmaceutical companies. Their vaccine, 95% effective after the phase three trials. We're going to get an emergency use authorization. They're going to apply for that. And then Moderna came out a couple of weeks after saying 90% effective. So the first vaccine started being given last week. What did President Trump say? I believe by election day we'll have it, and by the end of the year, it should be people will start getting it. The first-line responders, seniors, uh, people in nursing homes. Well, lo and behold, President Trump was right. Dr. Phony Fauci, wrong. The AMA, wrong. There is absolute evidence. Phony Fauci said it's only anecdotal evidence because we don't have a double-blind trial, yet he had no problem with anecdotal evidence on remvesivir, which costs two, dollars $3,000 for treatment and is only good if you administer it in the hospital and even then doesn't necessarily work on, on everybody. It's a, it says maybe those people that are going to come out of the hospital, it cuts the hospital stay a day and a half. Big deal. The key is keeping people out of the hospital. And take a look at those states that have the highest mortality rates. New York, California, that don't allow the prescribing of hydroxychloroquine. Maybe in California they do, but in New York State, I've talked to several physicians that said, I would love to be able to prescribe hydroxychloroquine, zinc, azithromycin, but I'm unable to on the hydroxychloroquine side because of the governor. It is purely political. And now I get a kick out of all these people that are lining up to get vaccines. And I'll get to that in just a minute. Tell you what, we'll take a short time out. Then I come back. I want to talk about the difference between California and Florida in terms of the number of CCP Wuhan virus cases. It is a stark statistic. Some cigars just can't be tamed. And that's a good thing when it comes to the Camacho Nicaragua. Forged in fire with full frontal flavor, nice notes of sweetness, spice, oakiness. Forged in volcanic soil, rolled perfectly, starting with the Ecuadorian wrapper. To the Honduran binder and the Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican fillers, the Camacho Nicaragua is bold, is rich, a nice medium to full flavored cigar. If you're looking to up your taste, try the Comcho Nicaragua because some things just can't be tamed. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. California versus Florida. Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus case rate. Now, California has been locking everything down. Let's look at Florida. The governor, back in September, said we need to remove most restrictions. We need to get... Restaurants to 100%. We need to, 
We need to get things back to normal, open up our economy. Now, during the summer, restaurants were open, indoor dining. They had initially a 25% restriction, then a 50%, and then they opened it right up. Now, many restaurants are still maintaining a 50 or 75% capacity. They're doing that on their own. So be it. That's fine. Florida, September 25th, removes most restrictions. Let's look at California. November 16th, indoor dining closed by decree of Gavin Marxist Newsom. November 20th, curfews starting at 10 p.m. are enacted. On December 6th, all outdoor dining closed, even though there's no evidence whatsoever that outdoor dining contributes to the spread of the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. So Florida's been open since the end of September, the 25th of September. California starting in mid-November until the early part of December. They've locked and closed everything. No more dining inside or outside, curfews. What's happened? Have we seen the number of cases spike in Florida compared to California? Again, Florida's been open since the end of September, almost three months. California, the last six weeks, locking down. Let's take a look at the most recent case rate info. And we're going to look at it in new cases per 1 million residents. That is a good benchmark to compare apples to apples. In Florida, new cases per million people, around 500 to 525 cases. Now, it has steadily risen from... Late November, where it was right around 375, 400. Now it's right around 500 to 525. So it has gone up. How about California? They've been locking down the last month. Are we seeing a huge decline? Negatory, negative, nada, niet. California's daily case rate per million is double that of Florida now approaching over 1,100 cases, new daily cases per million population. Double that of Florida. And what's interesting is the Florida curve, even though it started going up right around early to mid-November, it has basically been on a level, it's, a, it's a, almost a level increase. It's not a crazy spike. California has been on a spike since early December, two weeks after they locked down and closed indoor dining, 10 days after they enacted a curfew. And what's happened since they closed outdoor dining? Boom, spiking right up, way passing Florida. Florida and California in early December were about the same case rate per, per million population, both around 350 to 375 daily new cases per million. California has shot up with all these restrictions. What's the moral of the story? Open the economy. Be smart. People are wearing masks. They're social distancing. We got restaurants here. Many people in warm weather states, they're eating outside and even in cold weather states. You can eat inside as long as separation is maintained. And people are being judicious about it. They're being smart. So the moral of the story is all these lockdowns have not had any effect on the daily new case rate per million. California versus Florida, perfect example. Ontario, Canada just locked everything down. 
And what they're going to do is kill small business. Give you a perfect example. The big box retailers, Home Depot, Costco, Target, Walmart, they're all deemed essential. But other stores, there's another retailer I was reading about in Ontario, right across from a Costco and a Home Depot, that sells a number of products, primarily for home use. They sell uh, uh, canes, and they sell medical-type use store. Canes, walkers, uh, uh, car seats, anything to do with people that need rehabilitation at home. They sell the stair lifts. Those are essential items, especially if you are ill or you are rehabbing from surgery or you are elderly. And yet, they are deemed non-essential and have to close. Who's getting richer during all these lockdowns? The big box retailers. While the mom and pops, the locally owned stores, are getting royally shafted. They're getting screwed. We saw it in Michigan. All the big box retailers were open, but other stores that sold many of the same products, nope, you're not essential. These Democrat governors, these socialist governors, are not going to be content until they destroy their local economy, their state's economy, destroy small business, destroy people's livelihoods. And then now they're bitching and moaning that they have big deficits and they need to raise tax revenue. Later this week, I'll tell you, I've got a story about what California is planning. You will not believe it. I'll get to it probably later this week, maybe the day after Christmas, where they want to tax any person that has been in the state at least 60 days. They want the ability to tax them for the next 10 years. I mean, this is the craziness that is going on right now. So their states are broke. Cities are broke. They all want a federal bailout. They want to raise taxes. But yet, they're the ones to blame. The Newsoms, the Kim Jong Cuomos, that are locking down their states excessively and killing the economy, killing jobs, absolutely destroying people's lives. It is absolutely unacceptable. I'll tell you what else is unacceptable. People that are young and healthy getting CCP Wuhan virus vaccines, I'll tell you about that around the corner. Gurkha has been manufacturing the world's finest cigars for 30 years. And to commemorate their 30th anniversary, they created the Gurkha Trenta, a pleasant, medium-bodied cigar exquisite in every way. Taste, construction, pleasure, notes of sweetness, complex flavors, nice spice, all wrapped in a medium-bodied cigar. If you're looking for an exquisite cigar in every way, it's the Gurkha Trenta, celebrating Gurkha's 30th anniversary. To explore the entire Gurkha portfolio, visit GurkhaCigars.com. Vaccines for the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus started being given last week, primarily to first responders, medical professionals, physicians, nurses, the elderly in nursing homes, other high-risk individuals. Well, because members of the House and Senate and other government officials deem themselves to be far more important than they actually are, they have come up with this bullshit line saying that we all must take it to ensure the continuity of government. And this is the line that they are using. 
that, now look, Nancy Pelosi's 80, senior citizen, okay, I get that. Schumer, same thing. I get that. However, what I don't get are young, healthy members of Congress and senators that are jumping the line and getting a CCP Wuhan virus. Two cases in point. Marco Rubio, senator from Florida. He tweets out a picture, posts on Instagram, social media. And first of all, he's dressed like a little five-year-old with a baseball cap. It just, it, I'm sorry, it just didn't, didn't work out. Just bad look. He just looked like a total dweeb. Picture of him getting the virus, or getting the, the vaccine. And he says that he's taking the vaccine because to show to fellow citizens that it is safe. Now, that is the biggest crock of shit that I've ever heard. Why don't you just be honest and say, hey, listen, I want to cut the line, even though I'm young and healthy, and the chances of me developing very serious complications from the CCP Wuhan virus is relatively small. I'm going to jump the line. That's exactly what he did, period. To me, that is outrageous. But wait, there's more, as Ron Popeil would say. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also tweets a picture, posts a picture of her getting the shot. Now, she is, what, 32 years old, 33 years old, young, healthy, again, making a big deal, saying, oh, I'm getting the shot to be protected, and because we're part of the continuation of government, we need to get the shot. Even Ilhan Omar, who I can't stand, went after AOC saying, you shouldn't be taking the shot. Ted Cruz came out. Ted Cruz, Heidi and I, not taking the shots because we're going to wait our turn in line, let everybody else get the shot first, and then when it's available for everyone else, we'll take it. I give Ted Cruz credit. It's the right thing to do. So Marco Rubio posts a picture of him getting the shot. So I respond, and I say, representatives on Twitter, representatives and senators should be the absolute last people on the list to receive the CCP Wuhan virus vaccinations. They're the most non-essential people in the country. If they all croak tomorrow, America would be far better off. Hashtag swamp rats. Any of you disagree? You can tell me all you want about continuity of government. If every member of the House and Senate croaked, it would be a great time for us to start over and get rid of all those wretched swamp rats that are corrupt. We wouldn't miss a beat. Not a lick. But any of those representatives and senators that are not in a high-risk group, senior citizens, qualify absolutely. They should wait until everyone else, the high-risk people, wait their turn in line. Now, I know that I can get a vaccine if I wanted. I've got enough connections. No problem. Am I doing that? The answer is no. Why? Because I want to make sure that senior citizens, that people that truly need it, get it first. I'm taking right now 
I'm doing my preventative measures by taking the quercetin and the, and, the, uh, and the zinc, the vitamin D, the vitamin C, and I've got the hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin if needed. And I'm careful. Wash my hands, wear the mask, maintain social distance. I have not been going out as often as I have before. I'm not happy about it, but I'm like, look, we need to do what we've got to do. That doesn't mean I believe we should roll over and just hand over our liberties to these socialists and these Dems. No chance. But I am waiting until the appropriate time when everybody has, when there's ample supply and the high risk, the frontline workers, the seniors, those that truly need it have gotten it, and there is ample supply for the rest of the country. That seems to me the proper thing to do, the courteous thing to do. And I would think that AOC and Rubio, those two giant pussies, would wait their turn. And don't give me this cock and bull horseshit. Oh, we need to do it for, to show that don't be afraid of the vaccine or for continuity of government. You did it to jump the line. Admit it. I hate lying sacks of garbage politicians. Speaking of which, Pete Boot Edge Edge. First of all, I still believe that President Trump will be inaugurated on January 20th. We know the election was fraudulent. We know there was rampant phony votes, votes that shouldn't have been counted in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And anybody that says, oh, I don't see signs of any fraud, are either dumb morons or they're blatantly lying and have the blinders on. Pick one of the two. Makes no difference. But Beijing Biden, in his fantasy land, nominates Pete Buttigieg for the Secretary of Transportation gig. Never mind that Pete Buttigieg was the mayor of a small shithole town, South Bend, Indiana. Sergeant Steve, let me ask you a question. I know that you are not a Notre Dame fan, correct? Correct. And I know you're not a Notre Dame fan, furthermore, because your Cincinnati Bearcats got shafted. They should have been in the college football playoff Final Four. They got shafted. Notre Dame gets in after they get their asses spanked by number three Clemson. This is the second time they've played. As far as I'm concerned, number two plays number three. It wasn't a close game. They got spanked. Notre Dame couldn't – what was the final score? 35-3, something like that? And I think they got to 10, but yeah. They got to 10. Okay, garbage time. They got a touchdown. Game was over, 35-10. to 10. To me, okay, I'd say that's the quarterfinal. Notre Dame is done. Couldn't show up on a neutral site. And rank number two, they got spanked. Forget it. Cincinnati goes in. So I know you hate Notre Dame, where South Bend is located. Correct. And I've, right. I've hated them for years, though, because I'm a Michigan fan as well. That's By the way, did you ever think you'd see the day, Sergeant Steve, where Cincinnati would be ranked, what, number six or seven, and Michigan would be totally unranked? As I said, it was going to be the first year. I never would have thought Cincinnati could make the playoff before Michigan. Did you ever think you would see the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football defeat handily the Pittsburgh Steelers? That was impressive. That was incredible. With a third-string quarterback. That's right. And as a Buffalo Bills fan, I became a giant Bengals fan last night, rooting for them. I mean, if I had a Bengals shirt, Sergeant Steve, I would have worn it because 
by the Bengals whacking the Steelers. The Buffalo Bills now move into the number two seed in the AFC for the playoffs. You didn't get your Very Andy big. Dalton jersey a few years ago? A Bengals no, jersey? When... No, but I did make a contribution with yes. his number. Like Bills, Bills Mafia, I did make a contribution. That was huge. Think about this. Cincinnati, the Bills have always had a tough time playing Cincinnati. But what's interesting is when the Bills needed Cincinnati to come through, to get in the playoffs in 2018, they did. No, was it 2017? Yeah, 2017. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati comes through. Last night, the Bills need the Bengals to defeat the Steelers to move into that number two slot. Bengals come through. To tell you, there's good karma going on between the Bills and the Bengals now. I good love thing. it. I love it. it. It's great. Exactly. And, and listen, by the way, I'm here to tell you also that the Buffalo Bills are officially America's team. Forget the Dallas Cowboys. There's only one team that I recall that has red, white, and blue as their colors. That's the Buffalo Bills. You got a point. I, listen, exactly. As I told uh, last, last year when the Bills whacked the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, I said there's a new America's team, and that's the red, white, and blue Buffalo Bills because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. So, all good. Now, speaking of Notre Dame, though, have you ever been to South Bend, Sergeant Steve? I've driven through there, and that's enough. You got it. It's not a big city. I mean, I think the population of South Bend is like 80,000, maybe 100,000 pushing it. Pete Buttigieg, nominated to be the Secretary of Transportation. This guy couldn't fix the potholes in a shithole town of 100,000 people. And now you're going to put this clown as head of all transportation infrastructure in a country of 335 million people, good luck. Here's a classic, Pete Buttigieg. And if I hear about him talking, oh, my husband Chaston, listen, do whatever you want on your own time. I don't care what people do in the bedroom. Don't tell me I can't have a harem. Don't come into my bedroom. Don't go come into my pleasure palace. I won't go into yours. But I get a little tired of him all the time having to rub it in everybody's faces. My husband, Chaston. Great. Wonderful. Oh, by the way, you're not the first gay cabinet member. Rick Grinnell, very competent gentleman, was the first when he was the acting director of intelligence. Now, Buttigieg comes out with a tweet yesterday. Actually, two days ago. Three days ago. To meet the climate crisis, we must put millions of new electric vehicles on America's roads. It's time to build public charging infrastructure powered by clean energy and make it available in all parts of the country. Okay, you want clean energy. So you think by putting millions of cars replacing vehicles powered by carbon fuels, gas engines, diesel fuel. You think that putting all these electric vehicles on the road is going to all of a sudden create clean environment, clean energy, powered by clean energy. Well, here's a question for you, Pete Boot Edge Edge, and maybe you can ask your husband Chaston about this, since you're so fucking brilliant. If you have millions and millions of new electrically powered vehicles on the road, you need the power infrastructure, the electrical infrastructure, to recharge those millions and millions of vehicles. 
because currently the electric grid is not built to charge two, three, four, five, ten, twenty million electrically powered vehicles. So that entails number one, upgrading the power grid. That would be a massive project. And number two, and most importantly, that would require building new power plants. What are power plants fueled by? Today, the majority of new power plants, natural gas. It's a clean burning fuel, but it is a carbon fuel. Now, we don't we have all these climate change activists that say we can't have coal anymore. No coal-powered plants. Okay, fine. Nobody wants nuclear anymore. They don't want nuclear in their backyard. Okay, fine. We don't have enough Niagara Falls uh, Niagara Fallses or Hoover Dams in this country to all of a sudden convert the entire power generation uh, stations to hydropower. It would be great if we did. If we had about 5,000 more Niagara Fallses, that would be wonderful, but we don't. Windmills? Good luck. Not enough wind to power all the millions of vehicles that are going to need new power stations. And there's also a problem. Not everybody wants those giant windmills in their backyard. Solar? Okay, let's take a look at the People's Republic of California. They built all these solar grids, solar arrays everywhere. One problem, if you lose sunshine and it's cloudy, you start getting power outages because you can only have so much battery capacity. Remember, those solar grids, they take that energy and they fuel up batteries. That's how that works. And when you run out of battery power, if there has been cloud cover for a few days or it's evening, especially when you get into the winter months where you're talking about eight, nine hours of daylight, you're not talking about the 12, 13 hours, 14 hours of daylight, that also reduces your power generation capability. So the number one power generation source today for new power plants, natural gas. So what happens? If we have three, four million cars on the road, electric cars, and we don't build new power plants, and we don't build new power grids, what do you think is going to happen? You have the electricity to recharge those cars. Maybe Pete Boot Edge Edge should have thought about that. Again, all these brilliant Democrats and socialists, all these climate change tree huggers, that say, oh, climate change is an existential crisis. It's a contrived crisis. All these climate change fear mongers that say we need electrical cars, EVs the way to go. Well, not so fast, because you need the power generation stations to go along with it. So when all of a sudden the power companies come to the government and say, oh, by the way, okay, there's now three, four million cars on the road that need recharging. We need to build 100 new power plants. What are the climate change tree huggers going to say? What are they going to say when all of a sudden the power company says, look, we don't have enough power. We need to build a new power station. They'll say, okay, we'll build windmills. And then everybody will say, I don't want windmills in my backyard. I don't want those. We don't have enough wind. We'll build solar. No, I don't want solar panels all over the place. We don't have enough solar. We have 
to go to natural gas, which we have an abundance of in the United States. We don't need to go to foreign sources. We are loaded with it. They're in fantasy land. Absolute fantasy land. So you can say whatever you want, Pete Buttigieg, about meeting the climate crisis, putting millions of new electric cars on the road. You're in fantasy land because you have not thought it through and you are lying to the American people who say, okay, great, let's all get electrically powered cars. But yet they don't think that you need more power stations. You need more power plants. Pete Buttigieg couldn't fix the potholes in a shithole town of 80,000 people. Now he's all of a sudden going to run transportation? I don't think so. One thing I do think, however, is that if you as an alpha male want to enhance your alpha male lifestyle experience, enjoy the good life pleasures, you have to include cigars in that good life pleasure scenario. And for those of you that are interested in getting into cigars, one rec- two recommendations. The first, you must subscribe and listen to my brother Cigar Dave podcast. Not my brother doing it, but our brother podcast, the Cigar Dave Show podcast. You need to do a search and you need to subscribe and take a listen. We'll guide you in the world of cigars. The second thing, you must join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Every month, Officers Club members get three fabulous cigars shipped to them in a Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch. Now, the cigars change. Every month, we feature cigars from a different manufacturer. For example, in October, we featured the Gurkha Heritage. In November, we had the Alec Bradley Sampler, including the Alec Bradley Prensado, the Alec Bradley Max, the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli. And for December, we've got the Syndicato Portfolio Sampler, three cigars, different flavor profiles. We've got a mild to medium in Affinity, a medium, medium plus in Cubico, a square press cigar, and a very Cubanesque medium to full flavored cigar in the Particulares. So if you want to enhance your cigar smoking experience, if you want to become a cigar connoisseur, truly become an alpha male, go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club. All the details are there. Past selections, frequently asked questions. $22.95 per month gets you three of the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. And for January, we're featuring the brand new Alec Bradley Kintsugi. Brand new cigar, medium flavored. It's a wonderful cigar. You're amongst the first in the country to enjoy this cigar, but you must join by December 31st to get in on the January 2021 selection featuring the Alec Bradley Kintsugi. And those of you that are members now, your Syndicato portfolio sampler being mailed out as we speak. You should have it later this weekend, early next week, before the end of the year. So go to CigarDave.com, join the Officers Club. I am telling you, it's a great gift for yourself. For others, you will thank me. As always, Alpha Dave, your global alpha male-in-chief and five-star general, never apologize or feel guilty for living the alpha male lifestyle. (laughs) 